What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Mark eighty eight. Welcome to welcome to the Crew TV podcast, the best podcast online. I usually interview like rappers, photographers, creative people, right? But uh, you know, my boy over here, he don't really do nothing. Nothing at all. I just drive trucks. He just, he, he just drive trucks, but he, you know, when you drive trucks, you you're alone a lot, so you have a lot of things to think about. So I would assume you have a lot of things to say. I got a ton of things to say. My name is um. I don't have a name for myself yet because like, I already. You got like a real name though, right? Yeah, I got a real <laughs> okay, name. Like, okay, yeah. My real name is Trey, but I haven't decided what I want to <laughs> be. Trey, yeah. Trey Moan, or TBT. So why? So why not go with the original, the real name? There's too many trades out here. Too many trades? Too many trades. You don't want back a little trade or a big trade. I don't like that, do it. Mm-mm. Ass trade, not like that, huh? Hell no, I don't put nothing on my name. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Uh, what about, uh, so why Trey Moan? Man, I don't even, listen. Where the Moan come from? Because it sound, um, I ain't going to lie to you. When I first made it up, yeah. it was because I was trying to make a name on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the trades taken. Little trade, big trade. Mm-hmm. Big one trade, all that shit's taken. Okay. Everybody named Trey. Right. So I decided, I just put Trey Moan in there because it just sounded, it had, sounded French. Had a ring to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounded on um, foreign. Yeah. I, I used to play like a little, um, little asterisk on your shit. Little asterisk on the E. Uh-huh. But I thought that was like, it's too ghetto. Like, let me stop doing it. But um, yeah, <laughs> so I typed in. Yeah. It went through. I was like, shit, Bad. my name Trey Moan. Yeah, no underscores, uh, no nothing. No. So y'all make sure. That was a good introduction to say. Basically, go follow him on Instagram at Tremon. That was good. That was good, man. Appreciate it. We rehearsed that like three times before we uh, ran the cameras and ran the mics, but uh, we finna dive into it. No, it's one take Trey over here. One take Trey? (laughs) One take Trey. Yeah, we don't need no rehearse. But But yeah, man, so you drive trucks, man. So uh, you ever hit some shit? Nigga, I just hit something two days ago. Damn. Damn deal. You got a deal. A damn deal. You know what? Rest rest in peace. No, fuck that deal. But um, damn. When I hit it, though, no, because the way it did it, like you can't say fuck that. I got vegans watching that. You know what I'm saying? I got people. You know what I'm saying? Well, buck that deal. Bet. That's like like a double buck tundra because you know deers like bucks. Right. Because it was a buck. It was a young buck. Though. That's why I felt kind of young buck. Shout out to shout out to G Unit fifty and <laughs> fifty and But um, yeah. No, the way it came out, like I was on um, headed. I was like in the country, country. Wow. I drive it. What state you was in? This state. I'm local now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm local. But, um, you know, Deer's got this thing where it's like, I think they'd be wanting to die. Because, like, he was on the side of the road for a minute just he looking just, at my head. Like, he jumped in. Yeah, he jumped. Through. He, like, as soon as we met, he jumped out. Knocked my whole bump off. So, let me ask you this. So, you ever seen, like, a movie where, like, they, it was like, you ever seen Don't Be a Menace in the Hood? Uh-huh. Yeah, I seen Wasn't it that scene? Well, you say you seen clips. Nigga, they had like a gang initiation, right? Mm-hmm. But they was making a parody of some shit. And mm-hmm. they had this nigga see if he can double Dutch. If you could double Dutch, you're in the gang. <laughs> Basically, that's what happened. Yeah. So that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Because, like, what if, like, you know how humans have gang initiations? What if animals have like <laughs> And that nigga failed <laughs> And he was like You gotta jump in front of that bitch Survive And you in that bell fucking He may have survived I ain't gonna front cause he, he, So you like Did you, did he Did you hit him And he bounced off Or did like you just, It was dark So I hit him You ain't feel no bumps Or nothing Yeah I ain't I definitely felt some bumps Yeah I kinda wanted to go back To the scene And see like So the, you just um, kept pushing Yeah Because my thing is Type in Deer versus semi trucks In your phone Whenever you get the chance and you're going to see some nasty shit. Like, what happened? Like, deers inside of the goddamn fender just dead and shit. Maybe and shit. Oh, man. So, I was like, I know if I got this truck and I see some shit like that, you're probably gonna, I'm going yeah. to quit. Yeah. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to quit. I'm done with this job. <laughs> so, I just kept on trucking. I trucked for about another hour. Uh-huh. So, I got to my place. Then I looked and realized my bumper was gone. Mm. But no, like, on some spiritual shit, as soon as I did that, because I always feel like life has a meaning. Everything happens yeah. just for a reason. I looked up symbolism for hitting the deer. And, like, the first thing that popped up was um, what a deer represents. Mm -hmm. It represents innocence, purity, Mm -hmm. all these things. So when I did that, I'm like, damn, what that that mean? Like, is, you know, the universe trying to tell me that I'm going the wrong route? Do I need to stop doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Because blah, blah, blah. 
But then I kept on looking, and I, I ran across another story about a guy who hit two deers in one night, 15 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And his testimony was he felt like that was the universe trying to tell him to wake the fuck up. So right, I'm, right now I'm still kind of like, damn, like is that really is thinking about it? Yeah, shit. thinking about. It. I'm, I'm moving like real carefully these days because I don't know what that meant. Because I've been driving four years, I ain't never hit nothing. Yeah, for me, never, never, never no, almost, no almost accidents. Almost accidents. Yeah. So I, I, accidents. That's a different question. I ain't never hit nothing though. Yeah, I had yeah, a few no, accidents. Almost like yeah. Yeah, I had a few accidents. But okay. so like you uh, you ever seen Get Out? Yeah, I said, get out. So you know they hit the deer in the movie. Damn, you right. And what did that mean? What did that symbolize? Because I, I think I seen it once. Yeah, they, I seen it a few times. I, I just can't really remember. But uh, if you're watching at home right now, uh, make sure just comment. DM us and let us know what that means if we don't already figure it out before this episode airs. But uh, one second. I'm going to turn this shit down. This is alone. Gonna get a little hot some Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. <laughs> we are back. Welcome to the Crew TV podcast, best podcast in the world. I'm here with Trey Moan. He still doesn't know what name he wants to go by. But I like, I like the ring of Trey Moan. Trey Moan? Yeah, I like Trey Moan. Okay. For no, sure. That's what I'm shit. I'm gonna go by Trey for now. Trey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're still on the fence about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, we were talking about the deer. What does the deer mean uh, in Get Out? Like, hmm. I'm trying to see when he did it. Cause they they were talking. They were riding in the car. Um, Chris and Rose. Mm-hmm. That was the character's name. They was just looking at each other, and then a deer came. I think it was like you know how right you know how black people die in the mm-hmm. world, and sometimes people just don't have a care in the world. And you know how, and you know how, like when you kill a deer, you just like, damn, yeah, that's tough, and that's you just body. keep like, like yeah. what you did, yeah, you just keep pushing. So that damn. was symbolism, cause he, damn. you know, what I'm saying he was predominantly like one of the only black people mm-hmm. in the movie besides uh the character Lakeith Sanfield played and the TSA nigga, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him, you know what I'm saying? What's his real name? Man, I have no idea. Man, shout out to TSA, man. You doing your thing, bro. Yeah, damn thing. He, he in a couple of shit. He, um, yeah, he, he got stand up comedy. I know, um, he got really big because Cat Williams was talking shit about him back when Cat Williams was on that rant about, um, uh-huh. all them people he fought like hard and shit. shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, um, man, I already know why they, I already know why that shit happened. That's some, that's some dark shit right there. You talking Cat Williams? Yeah. What you mean? He got, I feel like he got blacklisted. Yeah, for sure. That can happen when you um. When you, see my my opinion on a lot of shit is is a, is a lot of people won't go with it, but I feel shit, like hey man, this come on, let them let them have it, man. I feel like man, listen, it is true that when you speak out against certain things, when you are a certain way, mm-hmm. that the um the industry will blacklist you for. Reasons, right? But a lot of times, like Kevin Hart said in the interview he did right after Catalina's did all this shit, sometimes you do it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know Catalina's personally, but I can tell by the way he carry himself and mm-hmm. that shit. That when he went on that little shit, when he was beating up little kids like, and shit, fighting sixteen year olds and shit. Yeah, he was on some shit. So, um, you really blacklist yourself. Same thing with Monique. She black. Like, that's just how I feel about the whole situation, though. It just sometimes. We got to stop as black people. Every time something go wrong, uh-huh. we point a finger at the white man. You did it. Like, no, nah, man. You you, you did it. Yeah. You did it. Be honest. But, so, like, so you basically saying black people, we uh, <clears throat> self-sabotage. Um, you say it like that. I mean, that's, that, that, that is a little harsh. But I, mean, yeah. I don't think black you, people sabotage, but certain People, certain, people, certain. people sabotage. So, so we're not gonna, we're not generalizing everybody, but yeah. you know, like you know who you are. Yeah, people sabotage. Right, and then all the time black people. Uh-huh. I don't even say all people. As soon as we yeah. sabotage ourselves, all we people. get ready to point at somebody. That's better. Yeah. Oh, it's your fault. Oh, right. you did this. You did. So that. we gotta. I mean, even if it is somebody else's fault, you can still always look in the mirror and find something you can work on. Type shit. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's something I feel like. Listeners at home, even if it's like 12 listeners or a million listeners, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can take some value from this. We're giving value to you guys. We're going to give out the same energy, whether we got a big fan base, 
or shit, whether it's grandma listening at home, you know what I'm saying? We're going to give it to y'all nice and raw. I'm going to get to a little different when I get That's sexy, what though. she said. What? I'm going to give it off a little different when I get sexy, though. I may come with my shirt off and just record you like that one day. I'm, and we get a big fan base, it's going to be it's gonna be something different. Yeah. I ain't going to front. I'm going to be Joe Budden. You, know, you going to be Joe Budden? Yeah, I'm, I kind of want to be Joe Budden now, but Why you I don't want nobody to be like, who this nigga think he is? I don't even know this nigga. That's, that's how it starts, bro. When, yeah. niggas, when niggas be like, who this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you just keep it going, and they're going to be like, okay, I kind of like this nigga. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to rock with him. That's, yeah. how, that's how it usually works. <laughs> yeah. That could work in your favor. You might need to you might need to put that in your bag, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I used okay. I first got into podcasting with the Brilliant Idiots with mm. um, Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne. Right. And um, I like them, but I cannot stand fucking Andrew Schultz. He's a funny ass white man. So you like Charlemagne? I like both of them. Yeah. But some people don't like a lot of people don't like Charlemagne. See, I don't get that. I mean, I I get it yeah. because he started off very catty, very. Mm. You know, one thing that people can't stand to see is a black man and his feminine energy. So he started off very catty. The nigga started on the Winnie Williams show. So mm-hmm. he started off very messy. Yeah. I but mean, yeah, the new Charlemagne, he's a whole different person. He's more mature, more. Yeah. You realize you look at his interviews now, he don't do too much of that shit for clicks. He don't get on that no. just saying disrespectful stuff for clicks. I think that punch of the head kind of yeah. put them together. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> I've been punched back in my head. But we ain't going to talk about that. But, um. That's crazy. But yeah, um. So Man. I like Charlemagne. But yeah, anyways, I started off with that podcast. Brilliant. And what, what, yeah, what kept bringing me back to it mm-hmm. was every time Andrew Schultz say something stupid or something ignorant yeah, just, coming from a middle-class white man, yeah. Charlemagne come and check him. Right. And, but I also did like a lot of his rhetoric. A lot, a lot of times he'll say some stuff and be like, maybe we are too sensitive. Maybe this, maybe that. I like they, they dynamic. Like, they they boom, bounce, boom, they boom, bounce boom, off each other well. Yeah. Okay. And plus, Andrew is a really funny guy. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I got into that, and then that's when I started watching um, Everyday Struggle with Joe Budden and Academics when they was together. I couldn't do that because I, I don't like act. You don't like, mm. like I mean, I don't like act either, but that's, nah. what, that's what attracts me to him. You got to understand that. I feel like he just does it on purpose. Yeah, and you got to understand that pe- negativity works just about as well as positivity. Yeah. Works better than positivity these days. Like a lot of times, people yeah. want to come to your show to talk shit about you. Right? Yeah, but they'll so, buy a ticket to come to your show just to, you know, what I'm saying they checking you out, but they gonna talk shit. Yeah, yeah. They, like pe- people like hating people. <laughs> like yeah. people I, like hating like, people. I don't know when it. I mean, I, I was gonna say I don't know when that became a thing, but shit, I, it's always been a thing. Yeah, always been. A but thing. like, I don't know why. Man, why you motherfuckers hate people, man? Like, I mean, you know who you are. Like, I don't gotta say no names. Like, <laughs> you know who you are. You know how like when somebody saying some shit or you read something, and you're like, damn, that hit my ass. They talking about me. Yeah, yeah, y'all know who y'all are. Man, yeah. Why y'all just hating? I think because they hate themselves. That's you all know, it is. They hate their situation. It's like basically when you, I read somewhere like when you're the way people like treat you or something like that is the way that you view yourself. So you like people are like mirrors. So like you're like a mirror. So like the way you're gonna treat me is the way I'm feeling about myself. So if I'm feeling nice type shit, I'm gonna treat you know what I'm saying I'm gonna treat you right type shit in the conversation, then bounce back. That's how it kinda works with mm-hmm. the, uh, that's this is what I think. That's, yeah. you know that, that's true. That's true. A lot of times the way you treat people is the way you feel. Right. Like you kinda get that energy off. Yeah, that's all it is. We just it's just uh it's a transfer of uh of energy. Yeah. Essentially. But the best people know how to control it. A lot of times, I know some people that can walk into the room. Shit, few of my exes can okay. walk into the room after arguing with me mm-hmm. and go in that motherfucker and act like it doesn't happen. And it, it pissed me the fuck off because wow. I haven't mastered that shit. I haven't mastered the ability Man. to mask my emotions and just, I'd be like, thank you is over there being all social and shit after we just got down arguing. Right. It's kind of like, damn, like, I ain't had no effect on you. She, damn. <laughs> but um, I ain't gonna lie. I appreciate I'm, that. I ain't gonna lie, I'm the same way. What? Like if, uh, I have an argument with a chick or something like that. I'm just gonna be like, all right, cool. I mean, we was arguing in the moment, but shit, after that, I'm chilling. I'm finna go do my thing. I'm not finna let that shit stunt my day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a moment. It, it wasn't that bad. And that's how we can get into that bag. You've know, been wondering how we're gonna transition right there. Did you have an own um, father figure growing up? Uh, Some slight. 
thing is, I ain't have one to eighth grade. Okay, so I say Robert. Okay, yeah. So um, if you don't, stepdad, if you don't know Robert is, you know what I'm saying. If you guys is, that's his stepdad. Shout out to him. You know what I'm saying. Good dude. Uh, but uh, I feel like that mm-hmm. you master your masculine energy. That's how you supposed that. But I feel like. For me, I can just, I'm gonna be completely transparent. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I'm not gonna say I mastered it, but I've become aware of it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, like a lot of men don't, they aren't aware of like what they be doing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're just out doing shit mm-hmm. by default. If you, cause if you don't think about every single step, not on, not on some, some like uh, some computer shit, like a robot, like think every single thing, but. Mm-hmm. Do every single movement or action with intention, type shit. Yeah, because you know every life is just kind of almost about reactions. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I just knew that sometimes when somebody's mad at me, it's not my fault that they mad. Yeah. Even if I did do something, they chose to be mad. They, yeah, they didn't have they to chose be that way. Let that consume them. Yeah. So that's I'm just like, damn, I could be doing something better with my time. Mm-hmm. And arguing. I mean, we can have an adult conversation. Like, I feel like disagreements aren't always arguments, and people get that switched up type shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're like, people cannot debate these days. Like, not, as soon as you as soon as you have a disagreement, all. they take it personal. Very personal. Oh, you attacking me? Right. And I, that, that's the problem. I run into with a lot of people. That's why I really I don't have much friends because as soon as I say some shit that they don't just they don't agree with, mm. they take it personally, and it's just like, dang man, like we were cool before we had this conversation, yeah. but now you kind of being all distant. That's cool. Do you? I'll find somebody who can deal with it because there's plenty of people in the world who can deal with it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, man. You gotta always be abundant type shit. Like you can't really be thinking. You can't be desperate. You know what I'm saying? You, Boom. You can't be desperate out here. You can't be desperate for money, friendship, love, none of that. Because it's like this, y'all. If you chase a cat, the motherfucking cat going to run away. But if you sit still, that cat going to come and sit by you. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, you know what I'm saying? And you got to look at that as everything in life. You don't chase money. Money going to come to you. Yeah. You, know? you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then in turn, you, of course, you get the money. People going to flock to you yep. if that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get what you want if you just don't chase it, basically. Yep. Having an abundance mindset yeah. can, like, what it does just it calms you. It, it makes it yeah. so you you're not too much affected by the world because you just know, okay, I lost that one. Another one coming back. Like, it's that famous lyric, every time I lose one, I bounce back with two with a hurricane. And it's, I don't mm. know something about it. Yeah. Bus coming. It's a, lot, it's a lot of lyrics like that. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, for sure. That scarcity mindset yeah. breeds insecurity. It breathes, like you said, desperate energy, mm-hmm. and people don't like that. It comes off like he's too, he needy, too hungry for it. Yeah, needy. That's, so, that's just. Uh, I'm trying to master that. Yeah, man, you don't want to be needy out here. Like that's. I'm not saying like that's what you do with the chicks. You be you be with your shit, but fellas listening or even women listening, you don't want to be needy out here. But I mean, there's some people that like that shit. They like. All that extra attention, you know what I'm saying? And that's cool. That's mm-hmm. fine. It ain't cool. It ain't fine because soon later it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Why you say that? Because um, I read a book that basically talks about like relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And it's saying like... What's this book called? Shit. Um, we'll come back to it? Yeah, we we'll had to come back okay. to it. I read a lot of books on um, self-improvement and stuff. Right. But um, that's, that's toxic because... You you only mess with me because I'm giving off this energy to you. As soon as the energy goes away, right. you don't mess with me no more. Mm. It's all about having like a real stable, secure bond, and those type of bonds don't require my constant attention. Mm-hmm. So like you, you're free to go and do your own thing. Yeah, you don't have to always be checking in type shit. Yeah, yeah. And for the longest, I fought against that because where I love, like I I I attract needy people. Why you think you that? Because I'm a, I'm a provider. I right. provide the attention. I provide the stuff. I provide you this energy. Uh-huh. And I found out that that's a toxic, that's a toxic relationship. When, because it's like, damn. So, you, so if you're, uh, let me ask you this. So if you're providing that energy and they're attracted to that or you're attracting that, what if you're, pro- do you feel like to get away from attracting those kind of things, you have to fall back? Or do you just have to be more selective about who you letting in. 
Um, both. Both. You gotta fall back on yeah. that particular person in ho- sure. in hopes that you ain't ruined it already. Because sometimes it's just too late. Know, it's too late. It's like now they want that, and if you ain't providing it, you the enemy. But you the opposition. Yeah. So you just really gotta just be careful with who you pick in your life and who you decide to entertain, and that's mm-hmm. friends, business partners, relationships. I don't want to. I don't want this to come off like I'm talking about women all the time. Because a lot right. of times people, someone talking about they, women, they just assume. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good, y'all. Like, <laughs> like I do not have women problems. Man, I, I have all this, all this stuff I'm preaching. I'm really about. Like, I have a bunnish mindset. Yeah. I have all these things. So I you, be chilling. So you're not just coming to my podcast preaching no bullshit. Yeah, I ain't crying on the on the podcast. Because cool, like. <laughs> cool. like, yeah, if y'all listening, man, if y'all interested in being on the podcast, DM me, email me. I'll put it in the description on YouTube. And check us out on Spotify and shout out to our sponsor, Anchor. You know what I'm saying? This is not a sponsor episode, but we do get paid from this shit. He get paid for this shit. <laughs> we don't have a payroll yet. I gotta get it. But um bills gotta be paid. Yeah, but um, um But um oh, we were talking about the your masculine energy and yeah. how you can you can master your emotions. And we say that that comes from, you know, probably a little bit of you having a false figure and also just kinda like you just growing up in life. But as me, I was raised with my mother up until I was eighth grade. So I developed a lot of her ways and mm. a lot of her feminine energy. And that's where I kind of want to go into fatherhood and the importance of fatherhood, especially in the black community. So he saw my fatherhood because uh, he has a kid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? For, for those who don't know, you know what I'm saying? This is kind of like a cross. He doesn't really have like a platform here because he wants to do content. You know what I'm saying? But we build, we working, we working up to that. Yeah. So one thing I want to tell all future fathers, current fathers, yeah, is that um, you being us is doing the right thing. Just being, you don't have to be the perfect father. Cause I know um, we have this thing. Okay, I'm gonna start off like this. Okay. I seen this video one time. It was a dog. Mm-hmm. It was two dogs. It was a mother dog and a father dog. Yeah. And the father, the mother dog was being very aggressive towards the father dog whenever he tried to come into the room with the puppies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, like, I'm talking about, like, as soon as the dog walk in, she <laughs> attacking the father dog. And the father dog looking like, well, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> so I looked up into I, I looked into it, like, why do dogs behave like that? Yeah. And it says a mother has an instinct because mm-hmm. when she births these puppies to not allow anybody to interfere with her puppies, especially the father. And the reason why is because unlike the mother, mm-hmm. the father don't get don't have that natural instinct to be caring and nurturing. So worst case scenario, he can kill the motherfuckers thinking they're a threat. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, he can just think they're like friends and try to play with them as if they're not little puppies and end up hurting them. So that kind of, I feel like that transitions to humans because it's like when a woman's carrying a baby for nine months, she grows an attachment to that. Mm-hmm. And by the time the baby's out, they have this amazing bun already from the get. That that baby needs you. It smells you. It feels your hormones. It knows your pheromones. Yeah. And it knows exactly, like, this is my mom. I love her. I need her. Right. They don't feel that for the dad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, as a new father, you feel like an outsider. Yeah, you feel like you're trying to... i let you speak on you. Yeah, you yeah. feel like an outsider and... You feel like that dog is getting attacked by the mother. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens, like, oh, you holding the baby wrong, or you feeding uh, it wrong, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So a lot mm-hmm. of times you feel like, dang, I don't know what I'm doing. Now do you not feel like you know what you're doing? She don't feel no attachment to the thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not feel no attachment to my daughter until maybe like a year. A year? When she was able to like, because unlike the mother, fathers had to build their bonds with their kids the way we build bonds with everybody else. Like, it's by interaction, interaction, by knowing each other, by like doing shit. Yeah, actually doing stuff. So for a long time, I felt like the outsider. And I felt like, yeah. I, am I doing this wrong? Am, am I crazy? Right. Do, I, do I not know how to love people? But it was just, you know, it took time. And I want all fathers to understand that it's going to take time. For sure. It's going to take time. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not doing, you're not doing wrong. No matter what the mother say, you're not doing wrong. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. Yeah, that's my take on fatherhood when it comes to birth and the kid and stuff. Well, I'll just say that I don't have any kids. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, 
Nothing for me anytime soon. <laughs> At least I'm I'm chilling. You on the pill? What? You on the pill? What pill? You don't know it's a pill, bro. Birth I control heard, pill. I, man, I I know you ain't talking about no birth control pill. Man, listen, I feel like we as men. I heard, we got I heard about it. I'm not gonna take no pill, man. That's how I feel too. It's on, but it's only because I already got titties. I don't want extra titties. That shit gonna be fat as hell. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. But I think um. But that's one thing I will say. I ain't trying to, like, bro, like, I got to do my research. Mm-hmm. Why does birth control make people fat? Because you make, you you altering your chemistry to the point. It's, you're making it so that your body don't work the way it's supposed to why work. Does, why does it get fat? Like, why does it just go straight to fat? Because there's plenty of body types. Well, you go, you can, what if you got, like, Captain America type shit? If, you, if you're a man and you take... The birth control pill. What you got, like, you know what I'm saying? Hella masks, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, well, I feel like in the, man's, in the man's case, yeah. it's because the, our birth control pill directly attacks our testosterone. Of course. In, and, in a literal sense, yeah. With, and it, you know, with less testosterone, yeah. this was coming in to replace it. Estrogen. Mm-hmm. And estrogen is the shit that makes you thick, that makes women got them nice thighs. Ah, uh, I did forget about that, yeah. Yeah, so it's that. like, it just, it, that's all it is. It's basically, it's basically making us women. I know that sounds crazy, but it's that, making us that, more women. Actually, that does not sound crazy, man. They're trying to do, man, if y'all don't know, <laughs> in America, that's all I can really speak on. They're trying to use us as like test dummies and test experiments. Mm-hmm. They doing all kind of crazy shit. Y'all taking these pills, man. Don't get vaccine. Don't take them pills, man. Don't drink energy drinks. Man, you just had an energy drink, didn't you? Yeah, but you don't do it, though. <laughs> it's like, don't do me. I, like, I, I, I smoke Joe's. Like, don't. Yeah, don't. Smoke. We don't smoke. We don't. That's the one thing we don't do. <laughs> we don't smoke cigs, man. Yeah, I smoke Joe's. If you smoking cigs, stop right now. <laughs> Wrap that shit up. <laughs> Listen, man, I said as soon as Louisiana legalized weed, then we in there. I just, I just drove past a, a, a damn old lady. Smoking this, smoking a joke. I was like, man, I pray it ain't me. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk about weed, but she will talk offline about that. But uh, y'all smoking them cigs, man. Wrap that shit up, man. Yeah, y'all, it's not, it's not good for yeah, you. Yeah, man, we only smoke trees over here. Well, tobacco is a plant. I understand, but, <laughs> but that's a disgusting ass plant. <laughs> it is. Um, the first way, the first time that they discovered tobacco was when Indians were doing it. Okay. And the Indians were smoking that shit straight from the plant. Them niggas strong. And they were smoking that shit. Man. And laying down. <laughs> like that, that's that's actually like what's like when they record <laughs> the stuff that was going. They said, yeah. yeah, they smoked some substance and they all just lay and they lay there for like five hours straight. Pure tobacco is. Like that shit, that shit may be stronger than weed. Cause I like what they were talking about in them articles. Yeah, but um, how about we uh, do a test? Test on what? You know what I'm saying. One day in the future, we bring a pure tobacco and bring pure weed, and we're gonna see which one gets you. Like if it's which one gonna make you lay back? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Man, I want lick a toad. What lick a toad? What is this, Princess and the Frog, man? No, man. Um, see, you ain't you ain't peeped at Mike Tyson in anything. Nah, like, I didn't. He talked about there's a certain toad that's like I don't know the origins of it, but when you lick it, who do you have an interview with? Joe Biden. Ah, okay. You know Mike Tyson has like this man, y'all. Mike Tyson is smart. He has his own weed. I know that. He do. Yeah. He has his own strain. The show is them smoking weed and talking about shit. Well, that's crazy. How it's called hot boxing with Mike Tyson. That's crazy. How everything comes around full circle, but yeah, yeah it keeps going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson's smart. Like, mm. I know with the speech he came in, though, he be talking. Hold up, like, hold up, <laughs> hold up, man. Hold up, man. Hold up, man. Hold up, man. Whoa, bro. <laughs> that man be saying some prolific shit. Hell, I hit it running back in time, bro. What he said? He's not even the way he be talking. <laughs> I right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, um, yeah. he be saying some prolific shit. Like, he said something. <laughs> they was like, dang, how can you be so gentle? He yeah. said, you don't know how much violence a human has to have in their life for them to become gentle. And I was like, whoa. I went even high. You just blew my mind off, off that quote itself. You gotta understand it. But now y'all real talk. Pete Mike Tyson's 
hot box on Mike Tyson. He sure. got a lot of stuff and like I feel like I was close to the guy after I listened to it. Yeah, I feel like I was close to the guy after I listened to it. Like yeah. it was it was crazy. He says something like when he used to go into the arena. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we took a brief intermission. Sorry if it uh, abruptly cut off. Yeah, I smoked a Joe. <laughs> he smoked a Joe. <laughs> but no, um, I think we was talking about... Joe means cigarette, by the way. Not Joe Swanson. <laughs> or Joe Biden. Right. But um, we was talking about um, Mike Tyson. And yeah. um, that Joe got my mind fucked up. So you just like sitting there like, what the fuck? About the, about the interview or the Joe? Whoa! What are we talking about? Mike Tyson. Oh, oh, no, 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 no! I, I know, I know, I know what he said. Um, I'm like, yo. he used to go into the arena. Yeah. And you know how boss got to put on this front. I'm big, bad. I'm big. We really thought Mike Tyson was that. Like we thought when you growing up. That's the facade. Yeah, growing up, you would be like, dang, like Mike Tyson, that nigga. Tough. That nigga don't care about nothing. Right. Why that man got in there and said that every time he got into the arena, mm-hmm. he was terrified. How can he? How can he be terrified but be doing what he been doing? I mean, maybe like the adrenaline kicks in or something. He said that's what pushed him. He said knowing that I can go in this arena right now and get knocked out. That's what pushed me to not want to get knocked out. Cause you know boxers, they don't take one knockout to end your career. Yeah. So he got into basically how his fear kind of controlled him and it kind of elevated him to where he needed to be. Yeah. But it ended up taking a toll on him. But um, yeah, peep that Mike Tyson um hot box on Mike Tyson. It was really, it was really good. I I watched the Joe Budden um version because I got I got Joe Budden bias. But um, that was a really good interview. Yeah, man. Uh, sh- shout out to Mike Tyson for all my stoners out there. He has his own strand of weed. If you're ever in Vegas, hit up Planet Thirteen. I do not know what street is on. I went there once, and this is not a sponsored episode. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how many people like smoke watching this. You watch Joe Rogan? I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to. He, he loves to talk about like doing drugs and shit. Yeah, I, I did watch um, Steve O. All the jokes he ever did. Oh yeah, I, I I didn't see that. It's like you know on YouTube you can hit the uh, save later type shit to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, I got a bunch of videos I gotta watch later. I never get to them though. Mm, so like, okay. what did he do in the like? What's what's some shit he did? He basically, man, this man did everything. Any drug you can think of, he did it. I think he said one time he smoked battery acid. I don't know. I'm just making some shit up. So <laughs> I, I really can't like, remember. But yeah. it was some around of that of that ilk. Yeah. But um, so, I got a question for you. What's up? You've been here. I know you've been seeing like this whole topic going around, saying that. Mm. Do you think? Smoking weed every day and altering your mindset is linked to depression. I want to see how you feel about that. Um. Well, and I'm gonna add to it, not just depression, maybe anxiety, anxiety, any type of mental issues. Um. Okay, we can be a hundred percent transparent. Uh, I was smoking weed like every day for like, for like six, seven months straight, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Every day, like in the morning and at night. But that was that was because I liked it. You know what I'm saying? I just like mm. to smoke. It was it's a hobby. I like to study weed. I like to just know mm. what kind of weed, like the effects of it and shit. But um, I won't say for me it's to, it it's linked to depression. But like everybody has like a sense of anxiety at some point. You know what I'm saying? A little sense or like a mild sense or like a a really strong one. So for mm-hmm. me, I can say it's mild. But I have anxiety because I'm looking forward to shit. I like, like just mm-hmm. shit that I'm optimistic about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes me smoking just calms my mind. I mean, I can calm my mind easily by just controlling my breath. I don't have to resort to a drug to do that. I mean, I've gotten high just sitting there without even doing anything. But You know what I'm saying? Without any kind of stimulant before. And... I don't know if a lot of people who are spiritual, so to speak, could do that or just in general, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. But for, like, yeah, I know you don't smoke. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wish yeah. I could. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, we's not going nowhere. You ain't gonna be driving trucks forever. Yeah, hopefully not. No, nah, I know. Hopefully, I know I'm not driving trucks. Forever. Yeah, you got you got to set the intentions and say like you know you're not like you got to put your stamp on it. You can't just throw it up in the air. And you can't leave your life. You can't give your life into somebody else's hands. You know what I'm saying? You got to take it into your hands and make decisions for yourself. And when I say for yourself, not you can have your family in mind, but sometimes I feel like when you're trying to make it as, because, you know, this podcast is geared for creatives and entrepreneurs, but, I mean, you want to do that eventually, you know what I'm saying? So that's good. But I feel like a lot of times people can listen to their family so much, like the people that's close to them, and they think that sometimes oh, they're my family, they've been in my life this amount of years, they know what's best for me, but sometimes your family don't know what's best for you. They know what they think is best for you based off what they see you as. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like as a anybody trying to do something on their own, make some shape, regardless of where you at, you you gotta be selective with who you listening to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or if you listen to anybody at all. Yeah, like Dre said, the best advice was to take no advice. But um you know, he also said niggas taking advice from like people with, like no validation or some shit like that. I think it was one of them either four PM or five. I mean, he be killing him. Yeah, the little you know, you know, time stamp. Yeah, it's like the little time stamp. Like songs, yeah. Nah, it's not. We okay. don't audio right okay. now. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so, okay, piggyback off what you just said. A lot of people don't know, or maybe they just don't really think about it. The brain is wired to win. If you just let it win. True. A lot of people are just really good at losing. They win at losing. So people are natural losers, even though they have like just competitive nature and that's crazy, right? Yeah, like a lot of times you go, your brain gonna do what you tell it to do. If you think you're a loser... It's gonna be you know, that. Yeah. You think you're a winner? It's gonna be that. A lot of people got like, that's why that self-talk... Uh-huh. I'm gonna pray, but I always thought that was bullshit. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try to tell myself I'm gonna I'm a be um, a famous rapper. That don't mean I'm gonna be it. But I'm telling you, man, when you start actually self-talking and self-validating yourself, self-affirmation, self-affirmation, like, yeah. yeah, you um, that stuff just start happening. Yeah, bro, like for real, like I can attest to that. Like this week, you know, what I'm saying I'm being transparent with my audience. Uh, I was like, man, I want to do a podcast, so I started reaching out to people. I started networking. I started DMing, and then I started getting responses, and I started filling my calendar up and. I said what I wanted to do when we did it. But that would have never happened if I would have never took action. So I said I wanted to do it in my mind, but I had to take forth that action because, you know what I'm saying, luck works in your favor when you moving. You know what I'm saying? Luck's not going to hit you when you're sitting still. Mm-hmm. So you got to be doing shit. Like You can't just be sitting around waiting for it to happen because nobody's going to give it. I mean, people can give you opportunities, but I feel like to to speak on that, I feel like sometimes people can be too prideful sometimes when people are given opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right before me and you talked when you was at um, the house and I asked you um, what you do and if I can be a part of it. Yeah. Right before that, I started doing words of information. And I was like, I will step my toe in this game. And then you pop up. Yeah, like, was it the same day? Or like, it was the day after. Day after. It's like... Just do it, y'all. I'm telling you how it works. Just do it. Just do it. Like, literally, I'm telling you, like, when you're doing shit, stuff, like like I said, man, stuff's going to start happening. You're going to start making money. You're going to start doing whatever you... If you want to make money, you want to help people, help children, whatever you want to do, it's going to start happening once you just step out of your comfort zone. Because mm-hmm. n- growth does not happen in your comfort zone. You know what I'm saying? You got to put stress on yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to... It's always gonna be pressure. That's that's what diamonds are made of. So I mean, are you a diamond or what are you? A rock. Yeah, you can oh. make you can make that decision. But I mean, <laughs> you can make that decision on what you want to be. <laughs> I mean, and we ain't talking about the rock, John, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We talking about rocks on the ground, nigga. <laughs> you feel you feel yeah. me? Uh, I should say diamond or dust because dust don't require no type of pressure. Yeah. But um, yeah, facts. You really gotta just talk it. You gotta do it. And things gonna start happening. Like the universe wants you to win. It's set. It's set up for you to win. It's law. Mm-hmm. Cause you. I was thinking this before you came as well. Uh, 
because I was just hyping myself up, like preparing myself mentally for the interview. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't do this shit scripted, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just like to just flow it and clear my mind. So I was like, man, I can do this shit. You know what I'm saying? I can really make all this shape. And I was like, man, I'm making all these moves. I'm doing all these interviews and shit. Over time, something's going, something's bound to happen. Nothing is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something like, you know what I'm saying? If you keep making your moves, something's bound to happen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You're always getting closer than what you were. Yeah. Because you're taking action. Maybe you're failing, but you're learning from those experiences that's going to propel yeah. you to the next level and to the next, like, experience part of your life. Experience the greatness. Yeah, man. Say that again, man. Experience is the father of greatness, man. For sure. Yeah, y'all got to... I feel like we preaching, but shit, I mean, I'm preaching to myself because I go back and listen to these shits, too. I mean, like... This I'm doing these podcasts to really document and show my growth as a man and as a person because like I'm gonna come back to all this shit because you know unless they destroy the internet or something like that it's gonna be here for a little while so I can always go back and look at my catalog and shit and this this is essentially my diary or something like that in my my meetings interactions with people and shit like that so what what kind of content are you trying to go are you going to try to put out when you start um. Man, like, I think I low-key have um, what the government calls ADHD. I just feel like I can do a ton of stuff. I feel like if I wanted to, I can really kick into it and be a personality. But I'm not even going to front. Like, music has always been my first love. Like, I was writing raps in the fifth grade. I can give you a rap I wrote in the fifth grade. You can be like, man, listen. You gonna rap it right now? Yeah, it was this great rap. <laughs> I thought you gonna like. Uh, I thought you had to wrote it down like in your pocket or something. No, 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 no. It just it stuck me because it's my first rap I ever wrote. It started off like Trey Bad. Now nah, really, I'm saying, feels like a genius lives under my brain. Mm-hmm. The barrel of the tick lives under my shirt. Put you in the ground. Now you roommates with the dirt. Mm. All blue diamonds at the front of my tip. And when I die, you better put the C in front of my rip. The bullshit you thinking better not come out your lip. I'm like a gymnast, one word and I flip. Mm. That was fifth grade shit. So you that's better. Be. That's better than most niggas spitting yeah. that. This nigga was a little Wayne in fifth fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, Wayne was like my biggest inspiration growing up. We live in Louisiana. If you are a listener and you stay outside of the state, this is where we live. So definitely, Wayne is gonna be a big inspiration. I had a remix for every song on the Draw Three. Really? Yep. Every song. This nigga, this nigga finna drop a no ceilings, y'all. <laughs> but no, nowadays I stick more to um, Yeah. My favorite, I always say my favorite rapper is Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. My favorite artist is Drake. It's two different things. I love the artistry of Drake. Mm-hmm. But Drake don't got nothing on Jay-Z lyrics. And Jay-Z spitting. So y'all think, I mean, I, I feel like both of their, both of their lyrics hold weight and hold substance, for mm-hmm. sure. I'm talking about wordplay. I'm talking about the rapping ability. Mm. Drake is good, but um, Jay-Z is a different type of animal. And if you want to, uh, you need proof for that, just type in What's Free by Meek Mill. That that's whole a, that's verse, a classic. That whole verse. Man, that verse gave me chills. I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm not the biggest Jay-Z fan, but I, I do. I mean, I do know good music. So, I mean, I can't deny that Jay-Z can rap and make some good songs, but he's just not a rapper that I go out of my way to listen to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If he's on a song, like, I like me, so I listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I fuck, I, fuck with the, I fuck with the verse. It was really good. Best verse on the song. Yeah. I hated Jay-Z up until 2013. Mm. And the main reason was because up until he released Death of Auto Tune, I just thought he was just mm, some old-ass rapper. I like Wayne. I was a Wayne head. But um, when he dropped Death for Auto Tune, that was back when we was we was jerking. We was doing yeah. every, we, we we doing everything he didn't like, yeah. and I was like, the like, nerve of this nappy head, ugly nigga trying to tell me I'm wrong for wearing colored skinny jeans, yeah. and I hated him from that point on. So you felt attacked. I felt attacked. It's back to that masculine energy. I felt personally attacked because this nigga was saying stuff that went against my culture at the time. Yeah. So I hated him. I didn't start liking him until 2013 when he dropped Magna Carta, Holy Grail, which is his worst album. When you really go back, I, I thought I, I thought that was a decent one, good album. Yeah, it's a good album, but it's, it's his worst. Out, out of everything, album. it's one of his worst albums. It's but not. It okay, fed me. I, I it spoon fed me. Okay. I was able to. Um, his sound in that album was very commercial. It was very 
digestible. Easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. And from there, I went back on his catalog, and I'm like, what the fuck have I been thinking? Like, this boy be spitting. But, yeah, this is my favorite rapper. That's my inspiration. I always say that if I ever, when I do become a um, big artist, you know how um, every um, legacy artist has like that little thing in BET where they um they mm-hmm. get a bunch of people to perform for them. Yeah, I want to perform a Jay Z song for Jay Z at his um little his little event, and I know the, I know exactly what song I want to because every time I listen to the song, it makes me want to cry. It's a few songs that Jay Z make me want to cry. Um, but the one I want to perform at his um his whatever they call it is um what more can I say mm-hmm. off the Black album. <sighs> That that song is something crucial, man. I mean, I don't really know too much of it. I'm not like I said. I'm not the huge yeah. Check Jay-Z it out, fan. What, I'm definitely gonna check it out. What more can I say? No, um, Black Album. Yeah, I hear words that you say. Uh, who your favorite um, artist, rapper? I'm, I like J Cole. He's my favorite artist. Yeah, he's been, he's been my favorite rapper since. Uh, I listened to Sideline Story first, even though Friday Night Lights was already out. Mm-hmm. And then I went backwards, and then I went to uh, Born Center, and just kept going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he's been my favorite rapper ever since. Me too. That's um, I like sideline stories and Born Center, but the rest of his stuff. I know that sounds ludicrous. Better, better than 2014, Forest Hill. Come on, man. Listen. So rank rank them in order. If you can remember all of them, it's not too many. Oh, I can't. <laughs> well, besides his mixtapes, and it's his mixtapes. Yeah, okay. But a lot of people know a lot of his mixtape songs was on the first album. But mm-hmm. um, I would say sidelines. I understand a lot of people feel like it was bloated, too many songs, too many old songs. Mm-hmm. I love that album. So sidelines was his first album. Then I put Born Center. Then I put I put KOD. Mm-hmm. Then I put Forest Hill Drive. And the other one ain't worth talking about. For your eyes only? Yeah, it's not even worth talking about. Oh, my about. goodness. Okay, I got something to say about it. I'm not going to just, like, defend them. But, uh, you know, as a J. Cole fan and as a music fan, I feel like for that album, he could have called that one a mixtape. And I feel like if he would have called that a mixtape, it would have been a really, really good mixtape. He could have called it trash. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad, but I feel like it just didn't hit like we thought it was. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it would have been a really good mixtape and re- rather than just a, a good album. That phone clothes song was trash though. Come on, man. And you want to fold clothes for you? Like, no, man. Turn this off, man. Like, please Come on, turn man. this off. That shit was I feel it. like he tried to go for the whole um, solely Kendrick Lamar vibe when he was kind of singing, like that little. I mean, little you, you, you got to. Like, I was like, huh? You got to try it out at least to. If you want to do that, you got to at least try it. Take, I'm a, take a risk. I'm a, that's the thing about J. Cole that I don't, which kind of makes. He puts him lower on my list. Mm-hmm. I feel like he don't try a lot of stuff. He don't take a risk. He just stay in his lane. He stay in his lane. I know that's what y'all love him for, but I mean, I don't like the lane. I can, I can, uh, I gotta disagree with that one because I feel like you know J Cole used to rap on all his own beats and all his songs. You know, all his flows. Mm-hmm. It can kind of sound. I'm not gonna say it sounds the same, but you can kind of put them in the same in the same room. And that's what I feel like. That's what a lot of his fans kind of crown him for. Oh, he went platinum without no features. Oh, he went platinum yeah. off his own beats. Oh, this, 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 but, this. But check him out this year, though. Like, he was Yeah, he's been killing the features. He did, like, he's he been... He branching eight, out. 18, 20-plus features, and this, these songs are hits. And it's making him a better artist. Like, he's listening to the Dreamville album. Come on, man. You got to. You don't mess with anybody in Dreamville. The first song. You ain't like it? I love the first song. Let me listen to all of them, man. <laughs> got some bangers on there, man. Shout out to J.I.D. Shout out to Earth Gang. J.I.D. cool. He remind me of a young Kendrick Lamar. Um, so who does Kendrick remind you of? Kendrick Lamar. I'm not even going to front. When I first heard Kendrick Lamar, I just heard Kendrick Lamar. Only certain artists got that. When it's just like, man, I can't Kendrick, compare nobody. Kendrick remind me of Andre. I was about to say. That's the closest thing is Andre. But he got Lil Wayne in him, too. Think so? Yeah. A little tad, a little tad bit. When you combine all a whole bunch of different artists, 
you kind of create your own artist. Every artist is going to fall victim to, oh, he's like this guy. But yeah, like, you have you know, to overcome that. That's, that's Sooner when later, you get your own sound. That's when the influence comes in. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Wayne came out. A lot of people say he signed a lot. Well, now when he came out, he came out, he was, you know, that gutter, Louisiana Magnolia shit. Yeah, Birdman and shit. When he really started um, um, excelling and really becoming the best rapper alive, a lot of people say, oh, he sounded like Jay-Z. He had a lot of um, Jay-Z vibes, which he did. Um, a lot of people don't even know. Mr. Carter, mm-hmm. that last verse, I swear to every day when I leave this earth, it's going to be on both feet. That was Jay Z. That was Jay Z. That was Jay Z verse. That was a whole verse from Jay Z's previous song. He has said in a lot of interviews that he um he is heavily influenced by Jay Z. It's his it's his favorite rapper, and you can tell. It even comes down to down to, to the way they record. You know, some artists write, some artists they what I like to call it snapshot. They'll say a couple lines, mm. and back off the mic. Mm. Say some more lines, back off the mic. They write that shit all the way through. Yeah, or either freestyle it. Yeah, it's yeah. They 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 freestyle all the way through, but it's not continuously. It's constantly click ins. Okay, I got I got two more lines to say. I got one more line to say. And um, artists been doing that for years. Um, Biggie was one of the first people I know to do it, but people probably was before him. But I feel like Jay Z kind of made it popular because you seen you seen it in like a documentary he did. Of him just going in the booth like two or three lines at a time and saying stuff, mm-hmm. and Wayne does that too, and I feel like, man, that shit burst some creative shit for sure, absolutely. I mean, you just go in one at a time instead of trying to write, cause I it gives it gives you more like flexibility just uh-huh, to do something. Uh huh. It makes you really think. You really keep you on your toes when you mm-hmm. write. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like some of my worst raps are when I write them. Cause okay. I think too hard. Yeah, <laughs> I think too hard. I, I have some of my best shit when I'm just freestyling in the truck mm, by yourself. No, mm-hmm. not even capturing the moment. Mm-hmm. So since we're speaking on music, you know, what I'm saying we're gonna get into this little next segment. I'm gonna start implementing to the podcast. We're gonna we're going to review some music from like locally local people because I feel like a lot of people that's some yes men, right? So like when mm-hmm. people ask for feedback, they're like, oh yeah, 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 your shit's good. When ultimately, but your shit's trash and nobody's telling you it's trash and that's why nobody's fucking with your sound because you're not getting real honest feedback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to give you feedback. So, I mean, if I ever review a song, don't look at it as me just saying your shit's whack or good. Just look at it as an opportunity to get in front of some new fans because somebody listening may like your shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, nothing is a failure. So, don't take this shit to heart. Mm-hmm. Just keep grinding. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.